With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Yeah, are, are we exactly where we want to be? Probably not, but you, you can't blame you can't blame the players. Saying we don't have the right players, that's not an excuse. Um, we have the right players. We have good players. We have good kids. We've got to get them more ready to play football, and we've got to find a way to help them be better at their jobs, help them succeed on the field. So I, I don't want to sit here and say we need different players because that, that's not an excuse. We, we, we've got to play with the guys that we've got, and we've got good ones. And I don't want to take anything away from the guys we've got. Um, they can they can do this. I have confidence in them. They can do this. Um, do we always want to recruit more guys, more talent? Absolutely. But we need to get this done with the people we have in the program right now. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. That was defensive coordinator Eric Chenander just trying to figure out what's going wrong with the defense. And you could say it's talent. You can you can blame it on a lot of things. I mean, I personally think the offensive struggles have as much to do about the defense as well. I mean, the offense is built to score and drive, and they're not doing that. And then that ripples back to the defense. But you go back, Robin, to the second half of that game. Illinois' first three possessions – or 10, 12, and 16 play drives, I think, or it might have been 14, but they held the ball for 16 minutes on their first three possessions of the second half combined. And, you know, that that fake punt, you know, it's amazing when you just go back and study that game. Nebraska's defense comes out and plays their best series of the game. Three straight plays, boom, 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 punt, and they allow that play, and then the dam just came down, it felt like, at that point. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously a major turning point because Nebraska – finally you know seemed like they were coming out of the locker room with some fire after all season that being kind of their their death note to so to speak to where they had uh you know none of that to start the second half they well they came out playing and then to have a play like that and as ridiculous as it was we're like <laughs> the guy Blake Hayes or whatever his name is was like didn't know whether to run then he like was gonna punt then he was gonna run then he, and it was just like it's like he had a corn cob up as you know what right and he was just like he, he was like, if I don't get this, Lovey Smith is going to literally run yeah, me out of town. You could just basically like play Yaggedy Sacks on there, and it would be the perfect theme song. Think for if that Nebraska play. is in position and stops him, all of a sudden that second half's a lot different, right? I mean, sure, they're getting the ball back down. Is I think it was thirty-one seventeen on that on that uh, yeah on that play. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and so it, I think that was obviously a key turning point, but. You got to go back to uh, just the setback and the step back that that defense took. I mean, yeah, they gave up 500 some yards to, to Penn State, but you know they did so on a ton of plays. And Nebraska doesn't win that game without the defense. Uh, the defense had been playing played well enough for them to beat Northwestern. They played, uh, I think, better than anybody expected, especially for the first half against Ohio State. So that was, I mean, obviously the offense. As, as deservingly so, got the majority of the, the criticism. But the, the, the more disappointing thing, in my opinion, was how the defense reverted uh, so much against an Illinois offense that wasn't doing anything to scare you. I mean, they were a total mess that didn't have any playmakers that are going to be any like all-conference guys, and they did whatever they wanted. I mean, they're, they're 
averaging like seven yards a rush, uh, almost 10 yards per play. Uh, I mean, it, it was like Nebraska had no answers for what Illinois was doing, and Illinois wasn't doing anything crazy. I mean, they were just running simple offense, and Nebraska could not execute or win it down. And I think JoJo Doman said it best. The third down defense on the year, Robin, Nebraska is giving up well over 50% of third downs, which obviously that's way too much. I mean, that that's, you know, they're close to 60% a lot of weeks right now, and a lot of that has to do with first and second down. Nebraska's defense is giving up four yards on first down way too much, and there's so many of these third and twos, third and ones, and you're just not going to win. And Nebraska's defense has to get back into a winning third down and then when they were in some of those situations, they chose to just bring a four-man front a lot of times, and that wasn't getting to the quarterback. So then when they would they would blitz, it felt like the pre-snap read from the booth was perfect on where the pressure was coming from, and Illinois would check into like the perfect call where like the blitz was coming and the screen went right over the blitz that yep. one play. I mean, yep. it, it it just they had they had Nebraska figured out. It felt like in that game last week. Yeah, and like so, there's other examples too where you know that, that big like 55 yard run or whatever. Uh, Nebraska's defensive line did a stunt, and Illinois called a counterplay that basically took the running back right where the defensive line was leaving his gap on the stunt, and it was just like you couldn't have drawn it up any better than the way they did. And so I think that has something to say about what how prepared Illinois was in that game. They had an answer for everything Nebraska did on both sides of the ball, particularly with their offense and being able to manage. They, they, they controlled the game with the way that they played. They wore down Nebraska's defense. They were executing time-consuming, you know, 10-plus play drives, uh, drive in, drive out. And eventually they dictated just how that entire game went from start to finish. I mean, you can argue that that win – practically saves Lovey Smith's job. I think there were some cries that, you know, if Nebraska drilled them and they were going to be set to be one and eight on the year, which that was very well possibility. Um, you know, he may, he may get let go, but I, I think now they've won two in a row. They're two and three. All of a sudden, like they want, they, they coached that game and had their team ready as if their jobs depended on it, where I think Nebraska coached that game a little bit where it felt like the players thought Illinois was just going to hand them a win and that's where this program has gone wrong way too many times. They, I just don't understand how Nebraska could have that mindset right now as a program. How could, if you're Nebraska, how can you take anything for granted based off what has happened basically since 2016? I mean, it has been one disaster after another. And to think that you beat a winless Penn State team and you can not go hard in practice, the, the comments made by some of the guys this week about receivers not running routes and not gaining the trust of their quarterbacks because they were uh you know going 50 percent on in, in practice and you know the, the mustache talk and stuff like that like you know i just don't understand where that comes from where, where frost can say that uh you know the guys maybe thought they could take a week off how how does that happen how as a coach do you let that happen how as a staff how is captains and senior leaders do you let that happen over the course of a full week to where uh you see it happening and in retrospect you say yeah we just didn't practice well well why did you let it happen I, and especially in a game where we talked about I mean, go back to last week's podcast we talked about how important that game was for this program that if they could string together two straight wins suddenly you build the belief you build the momentum and the swagger that this team has lacked for so long, and yet they had maybe their worst performance yet under Scott Frost. Well, and I feel like the kids of today's era, it's a little harder for them to call each other out. I mean, I, I just think it's hard to be mean to other people 
um, at least face to face, not on social media, uh, but face face to face. You just don't see kids call one another out like you did maybe when, when Scott Frost was playing. And I think that's a little bit of the disconnect there. The fans and everybody want it to be like the good old days where, you know, Jason Peters shoved your head down a toilet if you didn't do anything, if you weren't doing something right. And, you know, it's just a little bit different now. And they've got to figure out a way to connect to these kids. And, and, and that that's the challenge I think this staff has right now. How do you connect to these kids to get them focused to rise up when you know, Robin, let's face it, they're only going to be – they play an eight-game schedule now, not nine because the one that got canceled. And odds are they were, under, they were underdogs against Wisconsin. Realistically, Nebraska may only be a favorite in one of their eight, nine games this year. Yeah, maybe Minnesota their favorite. I don't. I don't know that, but I would think in West Lafayette their dogs next week as well. And so you know, there's the old adage that you know winning is probably the best medicine for for all of those issues. You know, get, getting confidence, getting guys to buy in, and uh, trusting each other, and developing that rapport that you need to hold each other accountable. Well, they did just win. They played a, a you know probably their their best game. I mean, maybe not statistically, but uh, you know they they found a way to win, which they hadn't done in far too long. And they had actually some some good juju on their side. And then what do they do? They come out and have maybe their worst week of practice of the year. Like that, that I think is a much bigger issue than anything that's happening on the field is how things like that are allowed to happen during the week, especially in such a critical week and a critical game for this team to actually take that next step. All right, when we come back, I'm going to bring in Tom Kakert of HawkeyeReport.com. We'll get his thoughts and breakdown on the game next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.